Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam, and it was his turn to pick the film, and he chose Super Bob from 2015. So let's get to it. Right then, Josh, you picked this week's film. I did. Super Bob. From Indeed. 2015. So, spoiler warnings, listeners, if mm. you haven't seen it yet. So, Josh, do tell us what is Super Bob about and why did you pick it? So, Super Bob is a British indie film, I think it's safe to say, um, in which a man who is a postman in Peckham in London is hit by a meteorite where he gets superpowers. And uh, it's about his life after he gets superpowers and how he lives his life. And it's all done in a sort of faux mockumentary documentary uh, style. Uh, stars Brett Goldstein, Catherine Tate, Natalia Tenner, uh, a couple of other people as well, Laura Haddock. So that's what it's about. It's pretty much about what if, what if a superhero was a normal British man? Just a fella from Peckham. Just, just, just a bloke from Peckham. from Peckham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, why did I pick this one? So um, we hadn't done a film that was underseen for a while. And this has been on my underseen list for, for ages, really, because... I couldn't find the box office, or it wasn't easy to find the box office mm. numbers for this. But when I did find them, the the numbers that I could find, if you sort of tallied them up and stuff, they they were not high amounts. They were they mm. were in the thousands, possibly the wow, tens of thousands, yeah. or even lower. Oh, so so they were they were low. So the, the box office numbers were low. And then when I looked at the critical reception as well, it's probably a, it might be a little bit underrated, but but the okay. main reason I picked this one is that it's it's underseen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads me on to had you seen it? I had not seen it, and I hadn't heard of this one okay. either. And I didn't realize it was going to be literally about a superhero. So when you suggested it, when you said you were going to do it, I thought it was going to be more of like metaphorical yeah. Super Bob. You know that Bob is just he's a really great single dad. <laughs> and, you know, he, he gives to charity and he, he goes walking the dogs at the dog shelter. Like, I thought he was sort of that sort of Like Super a Pride Bob. of Britain Awards type yeah, deal. exactly that. Exactly that. Um, so I was surprised that, oh no, literally Super Bob has superpowers. He does. Um, so that was interesting. Um, so you reckon it's underseen. So how did you see it? How did you discover um, this film? I uh, just... 
think I just heard of it on the on the grapevine. I think I mm. remember seeing a trailer somewhere when it came out. Uh, and then yeah, and then and, and then I watched it. Um then because I watched it, I then I'm I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of, of Brett Goldstein's stuff mm. as well. He has a film podcast um called Films to be Buried with, which is um ah, it's neck Does and neck. He it's, know? It's, yeah, it's neck and hey, neck Brett. and neck with this one. Hey, neck Brett. and <laughs> neck and neck with this one. It, well, let's say that. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to see the figures. But anyway, mm. he's you know, he's doing very so Brett Goldstein, if you don't know, he's doing very well for himself. He's in this, mm. he's actually just joined the MCU. He mm. is also in and he is one of the main characters of writers of uh Apple TV's Ted Lasso, which is well mm. worth a watch if you've not seen that. So he's doing really well for himself, but this was one of the first things I remember seeing him in. Um and and I just remember enjoying it. Just remember when it came out, just thinking that's a lovely little British indie film comedy great idea some good little moments in there um and so i made, i added it to the, to my list and and thought yeah i think it's pretty a pretty underseen because i've not it's not it's not the hardest film to get hold of i think it is on prime amazon mm-hmm. prime i have it on dvd oh, of course you do not to brag not to brag not to brag um but yeah so that's that's how i came across it i think i just remember seeing it i used to i used to watch film trailers like quite religiously you know oh same things yeah, like I'm film film trailer youtube channels where they just have them yep. on a loop and you just mm-hmm. you go and watch the next trailer for the next whatever and then before you know it you're 10 trailers deep yeah so i mate, think i'm, I'm right it, there with you it I'm might right have been like you. something like that um yeah. so i added it to the podcast list um once i'd seen it uh, so yeah that's 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 how i came across it but interested to know then mm. you've watched it now uh-huh. what do you think so I thought it was okay, you know. Yeah. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty nice. I thought it was pretty sweet. Yeah. It's really upbeat. It's really positive. It's quite warm. Um. And in general, I had a pretty good time watching it. I came away from thinking, oh, that was pretty cute. <laughs> so an overall positive reaction, I think. Oh, that's good. Um. So tell us a bit then about what are some of your favourite things about this film. Why did you have to choose it for the podcast? So. I think what it does is it has a really great mix in there of comedy and tragedy. I think it's pretty funny all the way through. There's a couple of laugh out loud, loud moments, but like you say, it has a real sweetness to it all the way through. A real, there's a real British sentiment to this film, a real social <laughs> awkwardness of like, what if, what if a superhero, but he was, but he was actually employed by the Home Office or the MOD in this case. So. You know, imagine the bureaucracy that went with that, where you save someone's life, where you've got to fill a form in, yeah, all that, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So it's quite. What I noticed whilst I was watching it this time is it's it's full of British sentiment, but it's quite mm-hmm. American in its presentation. You know that idea of framing things with news readers and having quick cuts and making it feel quite. Mm quite fast paced in places and quite glamorous in places. It doesn't feel like a low budget film, mm. but I think it is a rel- you know, relatively speaking, a, yeah. a, a low budget film. So it reminded me of things like Shaun of the Dead or Hot yes. Fuzz or uh-huh. even other British films we've, we've done, even something like a happy go lucky or, or, or something like that in the, in that it's in the, in the way it's got that British sentiment to it. Um, I, I, I love that idea of the jurisdiction, the bureaucracy around being a superhero. It's something that I think they've tried to do in other mediums, like, well, not other mediums, you know, other films and content like the Marvel films, where I don't think they've ever quite nailed it. Well, it's sort of teeny, teeny tiny hints of kind of civil war in it, mm. isn't there? Where it's like, 
Because that's a little bit about that, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, we need to put all our names on a list. and then it, But then obviously that's 10 millions of times more dramatic more money or than what Bob goes through. Um, so, so, yeah, so there's elements of that that I quite like. On the other hand, I think there's a real good, there's a tragic feel to the film as well because there's a real sadness to Bob as a character. You know, he's an mm. outsider and he's sort of lonely because of who he is and he's just looking for companionship. So in it, one of the main themes is that he's trying to get a date with someone that he likes and then how that goes and his love life then progresses from there as he as he falls in love with someone who you wouldn't expect, who is his uh, is actually his cleaner in his house, mm. played by Natalia Tenner, the excellent Natalia Tenner. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and then the other things, it deals with other issues, like it deals with things like dementia, and you get a really tender moment with with Bob and his mum who's got dementia. So it's back to that thing with... I actually think I touched on it a little bit with Field of Dreams, which is something that Superhero... Mm. I didn't touch on it with Field of Dreams. I touched on it talking about Kevin Costa with Man of Steel, which is that something that Superhero films do quite a lot, but I don't think they do that often, and, and, and it can be touched on more, is that it's that idea of as a superhero, you are so much powerful than normal people, but there are still some things you can't stop. Yeah. The disease, the cancer, yeah. the heart attack, yeah. so you the can yeah. throw a car a hundred miles into the sun or whatever, mm. but you can't stop a heart attack or dementia mm-hmm. or cancer or all the horrible things that we all unfortunately will eventually have to deal with in some way or another. So you get a really tender moment with with his mum, and I like that idea that it comes back to, which is he is so powerful, but he's not, he's not relatable to normal people but to him he's like still a normal guy it's just that this Mm -hmm. thing happened to him and now he's got superpowers and i think they've done it as i said with other stuff before they've done it with for example i think they've tried to do it with someone like thor but i think it doesn't work that that well because they overdo it a little bit they over egg they put and they go isn't this really funny isn't this really funny And 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 that's something that i found that they did with with a little bit with like thor love and thunder and stuff like that Mm. which over egg the pudding a little bit and felt like almost gave way to the plot a little mm-hmm. bit in places. And it for what happens is it falls into into contrast with the stakes of the film with something like Thor, which is we're trying to make Thor lovable and relatable and he doesn't really quite get it and he's so powerful. But oh my God, the world's going to end. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, it's not, oh my God, the world's going to end because it's not, it's just you know it's 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 normal stuff you know it's car accidents it's fires it's saving people out of burning buildings mm. and stuff like that but on the other hand it's about his love life so i think because of that contrast because of the stakes he is more relatable and that's where you get that feel good um feel good feeling if you like so yeah that's that's mainly what i like about it i think it, i like the idea behind it I like the execution of it. Great performances in it as well. Like you say, Brett Goldstein, I think he's really, really likable in this. Natalia Tenner's really liking this. I think Bob as a character is quite endearing mm. and quite likable. And that is that is down to the way he's written and the way he's portrayed um, by Brett Goldstein. And I think it's him and the director, John Dreaver, who wrote it. There might have mm. been one of the writers as well, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So yeah, I mean, that that is what I like about it. It's not I think it's just an enjoyable little film and it's nice to it's nice to watch this sort of film. And also, it's like we've touched on before with other films, it's nice to support this sort of film as well with things sure. like, yeah. I don't know, Submarine as an example or mm. Happy Go Lucky. Low stakes, British made films. And I think it's something that we do quite well. Even if you look at back to something like Pride, we I think we make these sorts of films really well. Mm-hmm. And... So they're often quite good. When they're bad, they're bad. But like this, that you know, it's really, really good. Anyway, I'm waffling on. 
What did you like about it? <laughs> so uh, a lot of what you touched on there, really, but I do. I love the concept and I love the story. It's like, what if a superhero's life was just normal, mundane and unexciting? It's like the creators looked at everything that was happening in Marvel and thought, what if we did that, but just more realistic? Like, mm. what would it actually be like yeah. for a human person, a human person? <laughs> you know all those human persons that are running oh, around the Listen, place? there's billions of them. For a normal, just like a normal person to get super, to get superpowers and, and the the actual real life, but kind of low stakes challenges that come with that. It's like, oh, before I save your life, I'm going to have to get you to fill out this form. It's like, why? And all that sort of thing. So I did really enjoy the story. I really love the kind of settings and the locations. It looks like they're literally just wandering around Peckham for most of the film. Like there's no massive studio, no CGIing of exotic locations, not much glamour in it. I know you mentioned some of the glamour with like the kind of the news headline stuff and, and to add to the drama of being a superhero. But as far as Bob's life is concerned, it's not glamorous. No. Like he's not Captain America. He's not Tony Stark. He is just Bob the Posty from Peckham from Peckham and I really like that and I like using that in a world that we would normally associate with with glamour with being cool with being exciting with being you know the man with the rippling six-pack and the massive <laughs> muscles like nah it's just Bob it's just Bob but he can fly um and most of the time as well like the lighting was pretty bad which I think just really adds to that documentary mockumentary feel of the film um and just that whole kind of southeast of London atmosphere, aesthetic and ambiance, it all made it feel more authentic and more genuine and helped to make the characters feel like real people. Mm. And then bouncing off that, like you said, I really liked all the characters and I thought there were some really decent performances in there, pretty much from everyone across the board, really. Um, there's a lot of silence in this film as well. I think this is something that I mentioned when we looked at Eagle versus Shark. Mm. So sometimes it is nice to just sit in the moment with the characters and there's a real talent, I think, as a writer and as a director to know when to just let the words or the feelings hang. And my favourite moment of this is when, so Bob and Doris, they've gone to the care home so Bob's mum, she's had a fall and he's gone to check on her. And Doris works at the care home, so she's there as well. And the residents are all having a bit of a party because there's a wedding anniversary between two of the residents there. And there's this moment where Bob and Doris start dancing together. And it's like a bit awkward at first and they're moving quite slowly together. They're not really sure what to do with themselves, like teenagers at a school disco almost. <laughs> and this scene just goes on for far, far longer than it needed to. And you just kind of hang with them in this moment where they're dancing with one another and it feels really intimate and I found it quite tender and emotionally powerful as well. Yeah, I, feel I like love you, that scene. It's that really scene. lovely, isn't it? Because you get the sort of sense that they're realising, that the characters are realising, oh shit, do do I do I like this guy? Like, do I like this girl? Like, are, yeah, we, yeah. are we meant to be together sort of thing? And then obviously they float in the air like Casper and Cat do at the end of Casper. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe inspiration from there. You from never know. Casper, the friendly ghost. Just uh, listen, listen, yeah. let's at Brett. If you're listening, you've got a film podcast, so you might be listening to other film podcasts. Was that inspired by the scene in Casper? Let us know. I'd love to know. <laughs> um, and obviously, so their relationship is like, a you know, it's a tiny bit inappropriate because she works for him. Uh, and, and he is her boss or whatever but it doesn't feel gross and it doesn't feel inappropriate so I was happy about that they handled it well I think Doris is very um, she comes across as very self-assured and very confident yeah like you say she is shown as being really confident so mm. um, as much as she 
does work for him because she cleans his house. She's very much the boss. Yeah. In like like she like like and and she she rips him all the way through. There's a bit in it where like he says something to the camera in the background. You just hear her laugh. Yes. Oh, and like, what was it? Yeah, about having a about having a girlfriend. You say that, or I've, I've had a girlfriend or I have dates, and you just hear this big cackle from the background. Yeah. He's like, I have. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so they build that relationship up between them really really well to the point where you think they're they're friends, and then as it goes on, you have that lovely moment like you've just touched on there where they. There's a realization that they like each other, but there's no over egg in it, and there's no look. They really like each other. You just sit with them for that mm-hmm. moment as mm-hmm. they as they're with each other, and it doesn't tell you. It shows you, and you don't need to do anything. And there's just slow little progressions in intimacy, and that scene of like she puts her head on her shoulder or something like that at one point, and you realize, like you say, and then they float and all that sort of stuff, and all that comes because they pretend to be in a relationship to make his mum happy to because, make his mum happy yeah yeah because, because because she's had a fall um mm. so yeah so did did you did you think it was funny if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I did think it was mildly funny. 
it didn't make me laugh out loud, but I think some moments were amusing. Um, but um, I may get into that a little bit more in the fifth-like section of the podcast. <laughs> so we'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or anything that we would change. Go on, Josh. Give it to me. <laughs> There's not... I struggled to think of something with this one because it mm. is... Is, you know, like I've already touched on all the things I like about it, how it's warm and, and nice and, and tender and in places and all that. And so it, it feels a little bit almost like difficult and mean to come up with something I don't like <laughs> about it. And it's quite short as well. I think it's like 85 or 86 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. So so that that sort of helps as well. The less time, the less it is to, easier it is to find things you don't like. I suppose if I had to say something, I've got two things, which is... They're a little bit liberal with the format of a documentary. Okay, yeah. Which is something that happens anything like this post The Office. So, like, one of the reasons I struggle with, uh, this might get me pelters, but the American version of The Office is they are so liberal with the format of a documentary where eventually it's, it's almost like it forgets that it's a documentary. So mm. what's not clear in this is, is it meant to be a documentary all the way through? Or does it start as a documentary and then you almost go into their lives and does it end mm. as a documentary? So it's like bookended by, this is a documentary, but mm. in the meantime, this is their lives. And it's not quite clear. So perhaps that could have been clearer because there are bits where it's following him and, and there's things like, why would the, why the documentary c- crew be there for that? There's talking heads in some bits and not in other bits. That's the thing, and, isn't and, there? Yeah. They do the, the interviews to camera and then at other times Bob is talking to the camera. Like he'll be walking along and be like, oh, this is Peckham or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm just going here. I'm just going there. And then there are other times where that doesn't happen at all, like for quite extended periods of time. Yeah. The only thing that made me think, oh, this is all meant to be a documentary is I think it is handheld camera. Like I think it is. All the way, I think. So like, for example, there's a bit where he... There's a whole sort of subplot and joke in it that he is he has Tuesdays off and he doesn't save mm. people on a Tuesday. But then there's a big car pile up and he goes and um, the Catherine Tate, who's the sort of representative and his manager from the MOD, says he can't go and he does go. And they get right up close to him and Catherine Tate having a conversation and then him saving this woman and having this really tender moment with a woman who is injured or dying in a car. Well, there's no way. It, it, it couldn't be in a documentary that. Mm. scene so it's like is that part of the documentary or are we just with bob at this point so it's a little Mm. bit inconsistent in that sense as well as that something i noticed is that at the end for example and i don't know if this is because of editing or whatever but for example at the end Catherine tate's character just appears out of nowhere all right (laughs) she's he's doing this big scene where he's leaving the he's leaving the care home yeah and he's been speaking to everybody and he sort of speaks to all the news cameras, doesn't he, about himself. Mm. And he turns around and Catherine Tate's character is just there, but she would have to oh. have got past crowds and crowds of people to speak to him. Right. And it's just a bit, I don't know if that's because there's another cut scene where it shows her being there, but mm. it, little things like that sort of made me go, oh, that was, you know, I'm, I'm reaching there. The main issues, I think they're <laughs> a little bit, they're a little bit liberal with the documentary format. And I think mm-hmm. maybe if it is that the beginning is a documentary, the end's a documentary, and then, we have the documentary crew not there. Then fine, you could just have a bit where they leave, they leave, and then mm. the camera goes sort of with Bob, and you realise that is just the that's our eyes, that's the viewer's eyes. It's not a documentary anymore because mm-hmm. by having a documentary crew there, what it does is it sets it up so what you're doing is you're viewing the film through a documentary crew. 
Mm. Once you get rid of them, you're viewing the film as you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit inconsistent. But, you know, it's not a massive offence or anything like that. But it's just something I noticed when I was trying to find something for the dislike section. But mm-hmm. what, what about you? Because I get the impression that there might be some stuff for you. Just So just a couple of things, really. I do agree with what you just said, though, as well. Um, so I, I, I feel like it could have been funnier. I think it was quite comical at times and it is obviously very lighthearted, but it wasn't hilarious. And I felt like at some places the writing felt a bit basic and a little bit flimsy. So I just could have done with some more sophisticated jokes and a few more kind of irreverent comical moments that fit in with that sort of genre. Thinking like you say The Office there, which is is a, a good example, but uh, things like Veep and the thick of it, like that sort of thing. I feel like you could have gone harder with some of the jokes in that but I, sp- I wonder if then it becomes a bit too edgy and less lighthearted. And if that's what the filmmakers were going for, then obviously that's what was delivered. Uh, there were some hints at the more darker aspects of what being a superhero would entail. So like when Bob starts saying no and decide he want- he decides he wants more independence or when his boss intervenes with his date with June and she ends up not turning up and stuff or when the American senator starts getting involved and so on. I would have really liked them to have leaned a little bit harder into those things um, just to kind of reveal some more of the darker aspects of it, maybe some more of Bob's inner turmoil with it about yeah. these constraints that are on him and that he can't he can't really ever be free because of who he is now, because of what's happened to him. So I think that in, in a darker, grittier film, there would have been more <laughs> to explore there. Tricky, again, because it's a light-hearted romp. And that is obviously what they're going for. That's a really good point because it sort of never out, it never says it completely. But in the June in the film is played by Laura Haddock and he is the one he wants to have the date with before he realizes that he likes Doris. It's hinted that she is almost a plant. Yes, that's and the, what, and the, what it started feeling like. And that yeah. the, they put her there for him to go out with because she's American. Mm-hmm. And by him going out with her, it would almost be like a marriage of the two countries. So exactly. that would alleviate the Americans' suspicions that mm-hmm. he was a weapon of mass destruction. Because there's a whole plot line in it, if you haven't seen it, that the Americans consider Bob to be a WMD. So want to come up with some sort of arrangement where he, whereby he is... You know, he's the whole world superhero. He's not just Britain's superhero. And one of the things that's hinted is that they try and set him up with an American girl, it, almost like an arranged marriage type mm. of thing. And it, I don't think it ever explicitly says that she was a plant, but that's what I got from it. So perhaps that could have been clearer. And then the other side of it is at the end when it's wrapping up, it makes it look like she's gone a bit mad. Right, yeah. Because it makes it look like like she thinks they're still together, doesn't it? And she's talking to the camera about... There's a thing in it how she really likes the book House of Cards and Mm. he makes her a House of Leaves. Yeah, because he thinks it's House of Leaves. Because he thinks she says House of Leaves. And at the end, when it's doing the little code and it's talking to, you know, Catherine Tate's character and him in Columbia and her... Laura had its character, June, she has the House of Leaves, but it's as if that she's making out that they're still together. So yeah, is it that and she's... we live in the house and I love the house and he yeah. made it for me and all so, that sort so, of thing. So is yeah, it yeah. that she's is it that she's gone a bit mad? Or is it that <laughs> is it that she is she is essentially an agent and is mm. still trying to maintain the bullshit? Uh yes. You know, is she, is she being like, yeah, because he's a superhero, we can live in this tiny little globe-sized house or, or whatever. Mm. So that's not quite clear, and that's not something I'd noticed before, but when I watched it again this time, I did think, that's a bit of a weird turn for that character. Like, was was something edited out that she was 
you know, there was something Maybe, up with her yeah. or that. So that character isn't quite clear. So, yeah, and, yeah, I know what you mean there, actually. It's a little bit... And that comes back to, I suppose, my point about the Catherine Tate character appearing, which is you think, was there things they wanted to put in there but they couldn't because of time or budget mm. or they just cut stuff because of whatever? But, yeah, there are some inconsistencies there that you think, that's a bit weird. Mm. Um, was there anything else? Anything else you didn't like? No, that was it, really. Overall, quite a pleasant experience, a pretty enjoyable film. Didn't blow me away. Didn't launch me into the stratosphere <laughs> with Super Bob up there. But it was all right, Josh. It was all right. We'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. So, I haven't seen this. Josh, you said do you think it might be a bit underrated, although that's not primarily why you chose it. Um, I reckon, I, I, I don't think it did amazing. I don't think we're, I don't think we're probably in the sevens with this. I reckon it probably got, I reckon it probably got a low six. I'm going to say it got a 61 or a 6.1. A 61 or a, and that's, is that what yeah. you'd give it, how you think it um, did? I'd probably give it that as well. Sort yeah. Of, okay. Okay. Quite simple. Just sort of chugging along, nice little film. Yeah. You know. Okay. Go on, so, with it. at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets 5.8 out of 10. IMDb. Okay. Interesting. Uh, the audience of Rotten Tomatoes very similarly give it mm. 56%. Mm-hmm. And then bringing it up a little bit. Well, quite a lot, actually. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes was give it 86%, which is high. Ooh, although, wowzers. although I will say, I don't know how many critics reviewed it. So if that's, right. you know, five critics and they all liked it, sometimes sometimes that happens. It's, you know, it's an average, isn't it? So if you average those yeah. numbers out, it's 66% or 6.6. Now, I would say, okay. I would say that's a little bit underrated. Okay. A little bit underrated. What so would you say? It's so the so there are seven critics reviewed it yeah, on Rotten so, Tomatoes. I thought I would just say that. Not so, loads, I is mean, it? definitely underseen. <laughs> I think we can definitely well, say that. Well, I was as I say, I was looking at the numbers for the box office and I tried multiple <laughs> yeah. websites and mm. couldn't find a solid number, but they all ranged all the all of them seemed to range to be under ten thousand pounds. Wow. Which Crikey. yeah, so so they all seem to be b- between three and ten thousand pounds. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that's not the, even the budget, but I don't mm-hmm. know because it might have been made for about that. But it's certainly, if you think about who is in it based on Catherine now, Tate in it, yeah. Well, Catherine Tate, Brett Goldstein, Natalia Tenner, and Laura Haddock are all. They might not be household names, but I think all four of those people, Catherine Tate obviously is, but the other three, yeah. I think people know them. Mm-hmm. Natalia Tenner's in Game of Thrones, Brett Goldstein's now in Ted Lasso in the MCU, and Laura Haddock is in, um, well, she's in the MCU as well because she's she's Star-Lord's mum in the Guardians of the Which Galaxy show, films. Yeah. And I think she's done another big franchise, but I can't remember what it is off the top of her head. But the point is, is I... They're not unknowns. They might have been lesser known mm. at the time, but those, you know, those people would all draw more than a couple of thousand pounds, mm. you know, at the box office now, I'd say. So I, I would say, I'd say it's underseen and a little bit underrated. What would you say? I'd say it's underseen. Uh, that isn't underrated for me. 
Okay, well, that's uh, fine. To be honest. So I would love to know what the listeners think. Though, yes. If yeah, they well, have seen it. it. We'll put it out to the listeners. But the reason I picked it was that it's underseen. And it it's is underseen. So definitely. adding it in the underseen category. Absolutely. Uh, so there we go. Another underseen one in the bag. And uh, we do agree it's underseen, which is always nice. So do you know what? We both liked it. Go and give it a watch. It's uh, it's a lovely little film and it's always nice to support films like this, which are independent and a lot of effort has gone into them by the people who are involved in them. Give it a watch. It is on Prime and I think it's on Prime for free if you watch the adverts as well. Um, but yeah, give it a watch. It's, it's, it's well worth a look, we'd say. Make it less underseen is the point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the point. That's the whole point is, of what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> we will be back next week with another episode. Um, so look forward to seeing what that will be. We will put it out nearer the time. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is films at that part at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you search for Just Films and that on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, you'll find us. We're on Patreon as well. Um, so if you'd like to uh, support us, there's a few tiers over there all tiers um, uh, have at least episodes a day early with a little bit of bonus content extended episodes and stuff in there as well so any support you can give us will be massively appreciated and then we are also on the television aren't we Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can catch us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I've also been uploading the little videos to Daily Motion. Oh. So if you go on Daily Motion and type in Just Films and that, you can catch us there as well. Yes, there we go. Lots of ways to see us and hear us. Get in touch. We always like to hear from you. We'll always add your suggestions to the list. But as ever, thank you for listening. Your support is massively appreciated. We'll be back next week with another episode. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.